Diane, it's 7.42 p.m. Welcome to another episode of Twin Peaks Peaks. My name is Ashley Brandt. My name is Matthew Olson. Do you want to hear a joke? I guess I do. Well, maybe go back and watch the episode for the best joke of all time. Dale Cooper (laughs) making a great making a great second impression with that one. Oof. Ugh. Yeah. You know it's bad when even Harry points out that you just did a dumb thing. (laughs) (laughs) When Harry has any authority about romantic relationships. Yeah, especially after this episode. (laughs) Or after the beginning of this episode. Let's just leap right in. There's no news. There's an auction. I can say that. There's an auction uh, to be an extra in the show before they finish filming. So donate to our Patreon. Yeah, well, they expect it's going to close at $5,000. So if we can... So s- donate to our Patreon. We, which we, I guess, will be up at, when you hear this. <laughs> Look, I mean, if your mom and my mom want to put $5,000... do not <laughs> Don't even think I'm being serious. For the love of God, please don't. My mom has been spending money on Chinese astrology classes, so okay. I think this auction would be an improvement. My house is uh, gonna have a new deck soon, so I think I think frivolous I think, auction yeah. money is is tight right now. And don't just don't. But anyway, there's an auction to be an extra in Twin Peaks. There's also casting news if you're out there looking for it. Yeah, but like that underground casting news. That that not confirmed by Showtime news. That illicit news. <laughs> that sneaky news. Um, um, so we're talking about on the wings of love, season two, episode eighteen, aka episode twenty-five, aka a song by Jeffrey Osborne. Really. Aka a two thousand five Filipino rom-com series. Yeah. Found that out on Google today. Did some research today? I did do a little bit of research today. I listened to that Jeffrey Osborne song, and it's pretty good. I like his I like his dancier stuff better, but as as far as ballads go, all right, all it's right, good. Um, my mom texted me, shout out to mom for and asked why we didn't discuss the end of last week's uh, episode where Jones comes in. Oh my god! Uh, I just don't care. I uh, well, evidently the show doesn't care that much either, because we open finding out that she I either very badly injured or just killed some people. Yeah, some bookhouse boys. Yeah, puts like magic, magic hallucinogen on her lips, <laughs> as well as Harry's. I just imagined it was like perfume because it looked like a perfume bottle, and then oh. I imagined that that would taste really bad. So I'm maybe really it's like confused. Josie's perfume. Maybe but that's, that's the intent. Like gross and toxic. Don't drink yeah. perfume. Anyway, so yeah, she's like making moves on Harry for all of like five seconds, and then she strangles him with a wire, but not very well. He gets a thumb in there, which I guess is enough to stop yourself being garroted. I didn't know that, but uh. I don't think it works like that, but... And then Harry wins the fight, and that's literally the end of it. Wrapped up that whole fucking storyline. Yeah. Just like, (laughs) oh, wow, we introduced this loose end. No, you didn't. 
You didn't introduce any loose ends, Twin Peaks. You could have had her like drop off that mystery box, which also does not come up this episode at all. Yep. Uh, and then just left town. But no, it's like, ah, how about an attempt on Harry's life that'll just like, I guess, snap him out of being sad? See, that could have been really interesting or like existential, like, oh shit, I realize like I'm going to die. Like, better make this shit count. Nah, he just sobered just up. Don't do that. He, he, injured a woman and sobered up and then vomited a bunch yeah and then he said why would eckert want me dead and then coop says sexual jealousy because the writers couldn't even bother to come up with a real motivation (laughs) at this point in eckert's will he says if i die (laughs) jones please please make out with and then kill anyone who slept with anyone i've slept with please she was on a mission she was like halfway through that list yeah i don't um, want to see those other scenes or think about them that's an alternate no, universe I Twin Peaks. We cannot... i i'm not willing to go there that yeah. I, this isn't getting a spinoff treatment no no thank you um heterosexuality so yeah. is gross <laughs> that's a hot ashley brant take right there i haven't heard that one from you before <laughs> but this I've... episode has plenty of gross heterosexuality me... while we're at it let me tell you a little anecdote i was at my gym uh-huh. watching this on an ipad and i started out previously finishing up an episode of the l word there were other people in the gym and i was like whatever this is my thing i'm gonna own it and then i turned on this episode of twin peaks it opened with that weird jones harry sex scene I felt gross. I felt dirty. I felt like I had intruded upon the space of others. Mm-hmm. Just gross. Just wrong all yeah. around. Well, that's thanks to the directorial talents of Dwayne Dunham back in the saddle <laughs> once again. That was totally intended effect of that scene. No, I can't even. Written um, by our old friends, Harley Payton and Robert Engels. Yeah. But I'm going to put this out there. I can feel the series getting its shit together in this episode. This episode is, despite having some other questionable choices along the way, pretty okay. It's pretty okay. It's solid. Compared to what we just got through, oh, yeah. this no. is leagues better. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like realigning the train track, you know? Yeah, we even get a shout out of, of Laura, like they remembered that that was a thing, <laughs> for real. Remember that? Remember, remember when the show was better? Um, so I mean, that's like that's literally it for Jones. Like that's like you know, other than what's in the box, which they also just immediately forgot about this episode. A mm-hmm. uh, way to keep the tension high. Uh, we're just moving right into Harry getting dunked on by by cooper and also gordon cole oh my god in his triumphant return wait let let's catalog all the ways in which it feels like david lynch stepped back into the writer's room said cut this shit and get back on track okay the wrap-up of that jones eckhart andrew packard storyline okay with the single line sexual jealousy that was definitely like cut this shit off here you cannot continue it all right and then <laughs> reinstating cooper back in the bureau yep. mm-hmm. for no good reason was very like let's get back on track well the good reason is remember that crazy guy who's killed and <laughs> wants to kill you i guess we should give you a gun even though you already had one 
they're pursuing Wyndham Earl instead of waiting for his next chess move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they realign Earl with like the spirit in the wood shit. Yep. Yep. Instead of him just being a random Though he does also actually use a Joker card this episode. I know. I know. I saw that. <laughs> and and you must have felt very validated. I did. Yeah. Um, the affairs are back. We have a new affair. A new affair. Maybe it's not exactly an affair, but the like sneaky, like people sneaking around score is oh, back. Oh, yes. No. Yeah. Yes. There's a, there's a, there's the emergence of a real soap opera plot line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they give Doc Hayward something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Brennan is like the right caliber of slapstick goofy. Yep. Yep. Two goofs in this episode. And one of them, of course, like leads to an important revelation. So, you know, yeah. classic form for Andy. Classic. So I think in a lot of ways we're realigning. I think someone is back in the writer's room, whether it's Mark Frost or David Lynch. Someone, someone is nudging in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. A good, a good solid nudge. Um... Who boy, but where where to start? Where to start? Billy Zane in the anti look of the episode. <laughs> you think that sweater was the anti look? Yes, it made him look twice as wide as I believe he is. That's fair. That's fair. If it was a more form fitting sweater and maybe a little bit more subtle with the color blocking, it could be good. But instead, it was like someone blew up a decent sweater, like yeah. inflated it lumpily. It looked like he was wearing like his father's clothes because it's laundry week. Well, that's just him trying to look young since he's definitely like nearly 30 yes. and Audrey's 18. Yes. Audrey Let's... is back in a look. You think that's a look? Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Because the blazer see. matches her eyes. It's a good. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a good color scheme. Subtle. Nice. Um, he says a creepy thing on the subject. Of oh, yeah. I took heterosexuality note of that. I took is note creepy. Of that. If you're gonna, I think it's along the lines of if you're gonna come in the room, like you be better be better be ready to finish what, what you, you came here to start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. kind of, kind of like that, like wink, nod, pickup line. That if anyone ever said that in real life, like the pause it would take for the other person to figure out what they meant would be enough to make it just like not at all land. And then the, the sentiment only... is creepy too because yeah. it's just like if you're gonna come into my room, like better be better be ready to better be ready to have sex with me yeah like the only context that i see this like not being super creepy is like some heteros in like a 30-year marriage they have some kids the kids are gone they're trying to spice up their sex life they go to this it doesn't work. They both feel awkward and laugh. You thought about this too much for someone who generally <laughs> recoils from from these notions. I'm just trying to be involved, <laughs> you know? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, That's the only context in which this wouldn't be creepy. Yeah. Like a stranger saying this to you is so creepy. And sorry, Billy Zane, uh, and it's true that the sweater's not helping you, but you just have to be a sexier, more charismatic person than Billy Zane if you expect this line to yeah. work. Like, I get it. Like, nice hair, dreamy eyes. You're not Bobby Briggs. Marble mouth. Yeah. <laughs> where, where is Bobby? Oh, that's a question I wrote down in my notes. Where's Bobby? But also, we're missing, like, a lot of cast members this week. Uh, there's no Norma. No, we uh, see her. 
No, we don't see Norma. No, we don't see Norma. Uh, there's no Ed. There's no Jacoby. There's no... What the fuck? There's no Major Briggs, who was in the last episode, so we expect maybe to see him. We do get Log Lady, though. We do. For a really great line. Yes. A really excellent line. My log thinks the cherry pie is a miracle as well. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you can interpret that, I guess, one of two ways, right? Either the log is just kind of like not a cipher but just like you know she speaks through the log she speaks kind of it's kind of like speaking of yourself in the third person yeah just projecting yeah just projecting through the log that's perfect thank you uh so either log lady margaret is projecting Mm -hmm. or before her husband died he was super into the pie too yeah um (laughs) and thought it pertinent to to relay to margaret at that time hey just remember, I also love this pie. Tell the loud man I love this pie. <laughs> also has to be included. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm here too. Don't forget me, the log. I'm part of this conversation. <laughs> but we do see the return of Gordon Cole. Mm-hmm. We get some, uh, some kind of hackneyed Gordon's loud jokes. Um, but then... He can hear Shelley Johnson. What a miracle. They explore... A tender side of Gordon Cole. Um, do you uh, do you ship Shelly and Gordon yet? Not yet. I could be convinced. You could be convinced. As long as Bobby's gone, he has a chance. <laughs> What's Bobby doing? <laughs> this this week. What was he doing in the last episode? Still don't know. This week, uh, Audrey gets a sudden missive to go yeah, to Seattle. I'm sure we're going to spend some time on that that scene. Um, but uh, so where's Bobby? Is he like down in Spokane doing something like across the border? Is he like burning one eye jacks the ground such that Ben can rise from the ashes? A new <laughs> better man who eats carrots and tells the truth a lot. Like what's Bobby's oh mission? Oh my God. Ben sends Bobby out to like destroy his symbolic horcruxes. Yeah, yeah. That's a spinoff I'd watch. <laughs> Any Bobby-centric spinoff, really. Yeah, but but why doesn't he care about Shelly? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, yeah. So long as so long as Bobby's not around, you know, Gordon Cole's gonna slide into those DMs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. But yeah, that's pretty much all that Gordon does. Yeah. Gives Cooper his badge and gun, a new, a new gun. It's kind of weird watching David Lynch do the, the, look at this, fine piece of gun. Fine, fine Smith & Wesson. Yeah. Uh, they also cite no reason as to why his suspension is over. Yeah, just like bad, bad shit, I guess. We just like, we need you back. Mm-hmm. Who's Who's making this call? Like, if it's Gordon, why... It would, it would why... be Gordon. It would be Gordon, I think. But then, like, why couldn't Gordon have just not suspended him in the first place? Uh, I don't know. Why couldn't Gordon have unsuspended him after, like, the DEA bus that was supposed to clear Cooper's name? Although Cooper did still kill someone in Canada. That was, like, a thing at one point. All right. Your homework for next week is look up the rules about internal affairs at the FBI. 
and <laughs> who has hiring and firing power yeah and get get back to us on on what must have went down and give us your dream cast for whoever that that role is <laughs> um moms i'm looking at you yeah uh where to go where to go on the episode Stupid bonsai tree is a note I have written down here because it's a, it's a, it's a dumb, dumb, awful thing. <laughs> All right. Would you like to elaborate? <laughs> yeah. Harry now freshly not all kinds of fucked up and angry about the, the death of his beloved uh, just accepts that a bonsai tree arrived f- addressed from Josie. Yeah, as though Josie, like, ever demonstrated that much interest in Harry. Yeah, seems kind of suspicious. Two, it's just, like, uh, a listening device. Like, it is not at all interesting, I think, as a character trait that Wyndham Earl is concerned that Cooper plays by the rules yeah. and then, like, does this counter-espionage shit to try and listen in and prove that Cooper's cheating. Like, I would rather see another Wyndham Earl disguise loitering around the lobby. Well, we get... So, we get fucking... We get the one in the library. That, w- that was fucking creepy. Uh, reading Shelley. <laughs> I am... I am every creepy college professor you've ever met. <laughs> also, one of the more like well put together disguises, though. One so. of the better ones. Yeah. Have you ever, you know, you're familiar with Oh Hello, right? No. What? No. I don't know Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. Oh, hello. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Reminds me of George Saint Geekland. Okay. Well, for all the crossover fans in the venn diagram of our podcast and uh sort of uh you know mainstream comedy deep cuts of the level of Hainong man or more deep uh you'll get that it's not that deep of a cut they're they're going on tour yeah but like they were on broadway they were on broadway yeah they did that's fucked up (laughs) put anything on broadway these days it seems like you hear that they got a musical about alexander hamilton who's gonna fucking watch that hint hint mom hint 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 mom pay for (laughs) pay for my expensive ticket to (laughs) hamilton uh no let's go as a family (laughs) my family's afraid of big cities so yeah this is as big as they do that's amazing because you know there's like 10 buildings in portland over 10 stories tall i know my mom is really afraid of bridges ah yeah well that's all that new york is it's all just bridges Mm -hmm. manhattan is actually not even an island it's not even there it's just a net of bridges yeah and there's a there's a gondola (laughs) (laughs) um did you know that the statue of liberty is made up of thousands of tiny bridges all just all just overlapping one another copper bridges that's why it's why all the immigrants would start just crying spontaneously at the beauty of of the statue when they arrived in America. They're just like, we've never seen so many bridges at once. So intricate. But look down, look down at the boat that you're standing on. It's also bridges. <laughs> and also, who's that standing on all the bridges? It's Dana Ashbrook. <laughs> Thousands of times. Ty- uh, okay. Anyway. Um, no, keep going. No, you want to know what else I called stupid this episode? How yeah. about that? Tell me everything. Stupid James letter. 
<laughs> like further cementing, we didn't need to check in with him. further cementing that james is like out of here out of here but like i don't care he's headed to mexico no yeah i would have rather like not known what james was up to so they could leave the door open for him to come back like briefly having done something ridiculous yeah but that would have been just, fun he's just putting putting down putting down south south of the border build the wall so we can't come back <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> it's just james the wall just says no jameses everybody no James. else everybody else gets pats no motorcycles hear a note that i have yeah why wouldn't you keep a secret from donna Donna's like, my mom would have told me. Mm, good point. No one should tell you anything, Donna. It's like Donna's finally having to come to grips with the fact that her powers of, uh, or if not powers, you know, proclivity for bullshit and lying and breaking rules and doing bad things is genetic. I love it. She's discovering that, oh, my mom... Shady as hell. My mom is shady as hell. Like, no shit. Have you, like, looked at anything you've done? Because we know you didn't get it from Doc Hayward. Yeah. We, we, we know you didn't get it from Doc Hayward. Right? 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 I will say though, nice uh fucking nice job, Laura Flynn Boyle, with the withering look she shoots her father when the when the flowers arrive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Why you're you... trying to pull this shit on me, Dad. <laughs> These flowers just arrived without a card. I'll put them in water. Just like, ooh. Also, why is she rubbing her father's nose in her mother's duplicity? Um because everything has to be about Donna. Yeah. Like, it can't for a moment be like, Dad, no, can we, can you please be straight with me here? Like, I know this must, like, affect you, too. Like, no, it's like, why are you keeping things from me? Exactly. Uh, but you know what? What? Her pink car. That was a look. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, did, you, did you notice that? No, not really. <sighs> Candy pink car looked amazing. I've, you know, the, the less I noticed Donna, the better. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but then, like, we had the Donna-Audrey team up. Like, you know, they remembered that, oh, right, you can, like, there's, like, peeping holes. In, Women like, Great can interact. <laughs> also that. <laughs> they also remember that that's a possibility on the show. Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes Norman Shelley. Like, come on. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I guess in lieu of having, like, Bobby. Liu. 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 In Liu. I like, I like Liu. Okay. Makes me sound... In Liu. Makes me sound dumb. Liu. And you know what? I need to take in it down Liu? a notch sometime. Okay. Just so, so eloquent normally. Um, right. Anyway. <laughs> thanks for just correcting my pronunciation right in the middle of the podcast taking all the steam out of me all the wind out of these sails i'm just gonna sink down and all, all you were nothing. at in lieu no i'm done now okay. if you have any thoughts about the 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 peephole scene like go ahead but i'm just like i'm <sighs> finished okay well 
Oh, it looks like I hit upon the one thing you did not write no, a note down about. No, I'm deciding where to start. Because A, the sneakiest, sneaky affair score is back, which I already mentioned. Yes. But it's a very welcome return. You know, this show used to be about extramarital affairs. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to basics. Um, Spooky shit and affairs. Don and Audrey, like, might be sisters? Hell yeah. Give Give them something to do. Although, let's be real, Audrey should do the investigating so Donna doesn't kill more people. Yeah. That is, uh, that is, that's just practical. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's, let's not forget that they interacted a solid 25 episodes ago. Yeah. In a bathroom. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was a cool bathroom. <laughs> and a cool scene. Had that iconic, um, there's no algebra in real life quote. Uh huh, and you know what? Bring that energy back. Twenty-five episodes hence, there's been no algebra. Exactly. Coincidence? And as I we know, think not. Twin Peaks is real life. Yes. <laughs> if you're not having an affair, you're not living. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have a cartoonish villain stalking you, determined to kill you, then you're, you're a supporting character. <laughs> yeah. <it's> that. <laughs> If it doesn't, if it's not really, if it goes completely unaddressed when you just kind of disappear from the flow of events, you're Bobby or Pete <laughs> or Catherine or like literally anybody. Yeah. Uh, sometimes even Cooper. <laughs> sometimes even Cooper. Um, let's see here. Got Andy with the assist doing the one thing i don't fucking understand is what was he supporting himself off of inside the sheriff's office such that, that he was, was repelling down that was a big question how high are those ceilings not high not high but you know what this is the right caliber of slapstick yeah it's it's perfectly dialed in um and then he tries to fucking pickaxe an owl <laughs> which just <laughs> seems very ill-advised like but you know what brings about revelation sure but let's just let's just <laughs> but let's back up from the obvious like fair plot enough, point we had enough, to hit on fair enough imagine how andy's gonna feel if he successfully gets the owl in the face oh, with no! a pickaxe oh, no. <laughs> like oh, he really didn't think oh, that no. through oh god he really did that would that would ruin andy forever oh god only only by his uh uh only by fate what does what does cooper say fate and uh coincidence did not write down that line so fate and coincidence factor largely in our lives or something along those only by fate and coincidence did andy not either kill hawk <laughs> kill <laughs> an owl or just like make an absolute fool out of himself. Like only by the fact that that owl is definitely some spooky forest shit that could definitely duck and weave. Did this not end super poorly for Andy? So he's like yeah. got. But that's like the Andy Brennan touch. That is the Andy Brennan touch. But then when you think about the fact that this is conflated with, uh, like spooky forces maybe he's aligned with the spooky forces maybe oh, that's why shit. all these maybe oh, that's why all these things keep happening around him that seem very unlikely and that lead to big revelations season three right there yeah what they didn't show at leo johnson's place was that an owl was pecking at that floorboard loosening it up so that andy could step yeah. on it oh you're so right yeah that was cut that was cutting room floor type shit and they yeah. trained that owl for that scene. <laughs> but 
for three months. They put mouse blood on that on that <laughs> floorboard so it would peck at it. Oh, that's yeah. dark. Do you ever have to uh, take apart an owl pellet in, uh, yeah, in elementary school? Why the f- why the fuck do they have little kids do that? Why the fuck do they think that? Oh, like here's a cool science thing. We have this this crap that owls cough up, and it's just full of like hair and bones, and that'll show kids that like not all things digest food the same way humans do. Circle of life. Like owl pellet uh studies must have only become a thing when they started to cut funding from public schools right did you ever have to dissect a lamb's eye this actually came up on uh on can you get to that my other show uh neither caitlin my co-host or i have ever dissected an animal or a part of an animal in our in our course of studies i had to dissect a pig's fetus so you so you had you had the pig's fetus see we had a pig we had a like a, a pig fetus or a baby pig in a jar of formaldehyde, but we just looked at it. He just like gave it the once over and said like, "Yep, that's a mammal, all right, identified." <laughs> it's a mammal. Uh, but we never like took apart. The closest I ever got to a dissection was that lab that we had to do uh, in college in introductory bio, where um. you freeze the bees and then you smash up part of the bee so that you can like. I don't even remember what the point of it was. There's something in the abdomen of the bee. Rip bees, R.I.P. Like literally, you put like bee parts in a mortar and pestle, and like scrunched it up. But like that's not dissecting an animal or an animal part. That's just like doing some <laughs> fucked up shit to insects. Yeah. Uh, and that's why our bee population is declining. But exactly. Tell me more about your dissections. <laughs> Ooh, very dark period. Very. I've blocked out a lot of it. Um, I definitely emailed my sophomore year high school bio teacher like, I don't eat meat. Can I not do this? And he just didn't respond. That's a nice he, like, dodge. Never That's an artful dodge. That I sent that email. Because you're not going to just not show up to class. Well, no. Then he didn't respond to my email and then I had to dissect it. Ex- ex- well, exactly. Oh, yes. That's why it's an artful oh. dodge. I thought you said I was dodging. No, 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 but... no, no, no. No. I'm saying that teacher was smart. Yeah. (laughs) Zero work required. You're still dissecting something. (laughs) But then I found out that someone had actually like bugged him enough that she only had to watch a video about it. Wow. So you just like. I should have been more forward. Yeah. Don't tell, don't tell potential employers that you, that you uh, (laughs) didn't do that. That was a lesson learned. Always be persistent. That's social anxiety. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) especially vis-a-vis having to dissect an animal yeah yeah uh my bio teacher in uh in high school uh told a particularly terrifying story that i guess now i'm repeating it on the on the internet again a second time so it's not 100 percent verified that this is actually a thing okay he said that in college he had to dissect a cat he was like where they get the cats (gasps) from and the cats were all not like not like shelter cats that were put down or something but found dead cats and then like how do you how do you find enough dead cats have them readily available to classes that need to dissect them oh like do you just know the spot where all the cats hang out and then pass away it doesn't make any sense. Maybe they're repackaging like dead raccoons and saying, "Hey, they're they're freshmen. They're not gonna know the difference between a dead cat and a dead raccoon. You just ask them where the heart and stuff is. Like same general, same yeah. general place. But yeah, you want to know a weird thing about me? What? 
I feel like I would be totally fine dissecting a cadaver. Like a human, but not an animal? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've just watched enough crime procedurals. <laughs> That's true. One time I was like on Etsy, like looking at vintage jewelry and I found like bone jewelry and I was like, if this is a human, I'm okay with it. If it's an animal, ethically not okay. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, that's a little fucked up. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's just a desensitization thing. Yeah. For sure. Because one, I bet a real life cadaver of pretty much any state going to be way grosser than we have any expectation of. Well, the smell is supposed to be what's awful. Yeah. Because my dad has gone to the uh morgue. morgue. There we go. Oh, no, it's called the Moorg. The Moorg. That's the sophisticated way to say it. Yeah. In lieu lieu of pronouncing it... The Moorg. There you go. So he went to the Moorg. Um, That's going to sound real gross on the podcast. Yes, it is. French is gross. Um, He had to put, like, this whole... You put just, like, this very, like, fragrant, chemical-smelling thing, like, right under your nose. So the whole time you're in there, you just smell this weird chemical... Oh, I just do that nose. for funsies. You, you don't ever just put some smell under your nose? Some nice chemical smell? Well, you know, maybe maybe you just maybe you're just getting you, you put it on your lip balm, your Burt's bees with the eucalyptus, and then you're just like, let me get that right up above my upper lip. I want to smell some, that all day. Let me just like, you know, do a quick outline of my nostrils with this. I wonder how many dead bodies I've seen on TV. Because I've watched, like, dead body-specific shows. Here's here's my thing, is that I feel like the perfect example of people are too desensitized to dead bodies in media is that f- fucking everybody who starts Breaking Bad, and this is barely a spoiler, and if you haven't seen it, like, I'm sorry, but everybody's Spoilers. barely... Uh, I don't think I know anyone who's started breaking bad and then hasn't come back after episode two and been like oh my god it was so disgusting when the the acid eats through the bathtub and it all falls down yeah and it's like that's very abstracted violence that's like just like red goo foam falling through a floor and like because you know what it is like you can be like oh god but like the actual image of it is like i think just like even in context or out of context like not as disturbing as like all the numerous times it's just like hey beloved character and now you're just like looking at them dead like there's a moment in groundhog day which i watched recently which is when <laughs> spoiler for groundhog day uh he relives the same day over and over again and then he starts to kill himself on the reg and turns out the day continues it doesn't just stop when he oh, dies shit. because there's a scene of him at the morgue uh the on the table at the morgue and that's the worst part like that's the worst you're right most dark part of the movie because they pull the sheet and you're just like i have to keep watching this movie starring bill murray but right now he's dead on a table um like that should be always a little bit more disturbing have you watched the jinx i've not watched the jinx okay spoilers for the jinx (laughs) (laughs) okay the jinx happened in real life i feel like but it's an experience (laughs) okay fine it's an experience this is i don't even really consider this a spoiler because this is the opening scene um but it opens it's really crazy it opens with this footage of recovering the body from the third murder um and that 
body was dismembered and Uh they're just like pulling these trash bags out of the ocean um and like they describe having to like this is the police they're sticking their arm inside the neck because the head is decapitated and like grabbing the rib cage to pull the bag out uh because it's like getting swept away by the tide Uh... and then you see the dismembered parts and they're real because that's a real that's fucked no i don't now i'm never going to watch that show that's terrifying that show so good i don't even want to talk about Twin Peaks now that's fucking terrible in my opinion i thought i thought making a murder was bad with how it was just like storifying real life events but that's like that's like their hook to their show is crazy no no i can't i can't i need to read that like in a sterile like like te- it like never text gets on that graphic again but they just open with that i would i would skip that so hard i'm gonna put it out there did you fucking take a note from warner herzog just like you must never listen to this you must never <laughs> watch this more people need to be warner yeah i he, think he the world would be... took that statement back oh no Werner. i know Werner. Okay. i'm gonna put this out there though the jinx is better than making a murderer yeah i i'm not gonna like yeah. i don't you don't have an, an, an opinion so yeah write a think piece about it and get back to me with yeah how the internet responds um shit owl cave it's spooky there's glyphs there's like strange machinery i don't know what else to say than that let's talk well Cooper says he combines the two tattoos. Yes, I have a note about this. That's, those are not the shapes that are on Major Briggs. Those diamonds, Major Briggs has like three triangles. Yeah. And like an inverse triforce where they're all touching at the tips. Yeah. Uh, in the center instead of as a larger triangle. Yes. And then Cooper's like, I combine the tattoos. And there's three diamonds and then the little like sort of mountains that are on the log lady and then when they're in the cave there's like four or more diamonds and like the flame at the top it's like those like what the fuck is happening did the art department telephone did the art department just like not get their shit straight or what okay first of all why didn't major briggs and the owl or not the owl the log lady put two and two together in the first place because they've presumably been to owl cave having lived in twin peaks for their whole lives uh-huh. because they bring the tattoos to cooper in the first place because they notice the significance yeah second where are the discarded drafts of cooper trying to put those symbols together before he arrived at the correct configuration i want you to look at this collection of papers i have right here this is a this is a little bit of a an unfortunate audio situation for uh, listeners at home. But actually, if you can just leave through these fucking papers, these are notes I took while playing a video game recently, and I'm pretty sure. Is this how you win video games? Is this what I've been missing the whole time? Yeah, you just draw mazes. Okay. I'm pretty sure though the collection and the number of them, like devoid of context. Like if I was like to bring someone over, like to be like yeah come back to my place and then like i didn't hide these before like there's already enough embarrassing shit in my bedroom that's true uh there's like nerd shit there's legos whatever uh but i think the kicker would be like i leave the room for 10 seconds and then this person just sees oh, a bunch of oh is that old notes. Peaks notes yeah, yeah. 
um, just sees a bunch of little mazes and scribbles, and that person's like, I need to you leave. You look like a fucking serial killer. Yeah. Let me tell you. It looks like you have this maze set up in an abandoned warehouse somewhere. Exactly. And you are getting- yes. Exactly. So Cooper wisely, knowing that that's, the, that's a sign of schizoid behavior, burns all of his previous drafts and only that one napkin remains yeah and he just prepares to draw that one in public like oh oh is this the correct oh how interesting hmm just sketching uh he actually outsourced the uh, combination of the tattoos to fiverr uh and then took credit for it got it um yeah got it sounds about right um when uh Gordon Cole says, I'm going to tell you, maybe this is Cooper, an, an anecdote of no small amusement. That's Cooper. Yeah. Or it's Cole. I uh, fuck. What, what is, what are, where are you getting with this? Um, have you heard about TJ Miller's like brain thing that he had? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he, so he had this like malformation in his brain that he was like born with that like blood just stopped flowing to part of his brain Mm -hmm. um and like during the shooting of yogi bear he just like kind of lost his shit like that's the most amazing neurologically part of the story of yogi bear well because you kind of have to like work backwards and it's almost a tad too speculative for my taste especially when it's given as real life events but like when you consider that he pitched himself really hard to get the role in yogi bear yeah going as far as actually shooting with a bear shooting with a real live grizzly bear a like demo reel of how well he'd play against a bear you're like that's really fucking funny and then when you find out like months later like his behavior was extremely erratic and then needed to be hospitalized you're like was the bear thing a part of this yeah but if you see interviews where he talks about this he talks about going through this period where he would just like narrate his life to people and he would go up to them and be like all right so like i'm gonna pay you a compliment it's gonna be really funny you're really gonna dig this and then like tell them the thing and then like walk away uh-huh that's what that reminded me of ah so question is does cooper have a brain abnormality that's gonna need urgent medical attention in the future well see the thing is that i know the answer to this because i've seen the rest of the show but you haven't seen beyond that so beyond the rest of the show yeah well if it's very urgent it's gonna have to happen in the wilderness years between 1990 and 2017 all right it's gonna have to be addressed then right you know tj miller made it like six months shooting in new zealand with that massive brain injury. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did they shoot Yogi Bear 3D in New Zealand? Yeah, dude. So That's you're saying what... like like right over Jellystone Park, there's fucking hobbit holes? Yeah, yeah. He talks about this. How Damn. He like, he like didn't know anyone there. He was like drinking heavily and like neurologically losing his fucking mind all at the same time. Everybody Which should... obviously that all has a lot of like overlapping mm-hmm. symptoms. Mm-hmm. Everybody should watch TJ Miller stand up and watch all of the excellent people on Silicon Valley. Yeah. Just actually maybe in my like top might be my actually the last time a season of Silicon Valley came out, I Waited until it was all out, and then I watched it nonstop while I was 
<laughs> well, I was on a family trip. We were we were taking a pit stop, and instead of sleeping that night, I just watched the entire Ooh. season, and it was worth it. It invigorated me. See, it gave me life. It's a great show. Everyone should watch it. See, I'm like fresh out of comedy shows i've like watched everything except Uh silicon valley and i just got a recommendation from another friend of ours who i usually trust with this stuff but what the sausage fest is such a turnoff to me i think it's i think it's pretty aware of of that and does what it can to to downplay that it's T.J. Miller. No, I and know. Kumail. And Kumail and Martin Starr. I know. And Thomas Middleditch. He's know, great. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm going to bite the bullet and then I'll like do the same thing. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. It's Have dangerous. You... It's 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 Mike Judge at his best. Like, yeah. I've heard such good things. Yeah. But have you <laughs> seen that T.J. Miller is in Deadpool? <laughs> yeah. You won't fucking shut up about it on Twitter. Let's talk about Twin Peaks. <laughs> Because this is a decent, like, we are in agreement. No, this is know, a decent know, episode. We should have more to talk about than this. We Well, we've sped ahead to the Owl Cave. Well, I mean, we've... Let's talk about Heather Graham's delivery. Oh, my gosh. It's still so weird. Yeah. How early in her career is this? She's she's young as hell. She's, like, baby-faced. I don't know how old she is. Um, And I want to say, like, it's not... If you notice, um, all of the other actresses deliver their lines in a really breathy voice. And she sounds like Sarah Michelle Gellar in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like she's trying too hard to hit the clever lines with nonchalance. Yeah, there's no no breathy voice. It points, it feels kind of of like she's mirroring an aspect of Cooper. Like because sometimes, but part of, part even... of Kyle McLaughlin's performance is that he can say something in a weird, like, and it's not like totally off, but like mm-hmm. in a slightly stilted cadence mm-hmm. to kind of make his like strange line land, like the way he delivers the line about f- fate and coincidence when they're in mm-hmm. the cave, like there's like a a rhythm to it, mm-hmm. and sometimes. It seems like that's kind of like because they're trying to say like they're both like they both look at the world in a different way. And that's like what attracts Cooper to her maybe is like what they're going for. But it just ends up sounding weird. And like it sounds creepy. It sounds like a first take when they're just like, I'm trying to like figure out the emotion. This line is like what they'd say to the director next. But then Dwayne Dome's like, no, that was great. You don't have to run it again. It's like, but I didn't like it didn't come out right. It's like, no, it's fine. We got we're losing daylight inside this studio yeah um she was like 20 when they were shooting this yeah that's much that's much better than 18 though that's much better yeah well but i feel like their the power dynamic in their relationship is still creepy because annie (laughs) full agreement okay good um Oh yeah, you don't know anything about the world. Let me show you around and like Yeah, it's almost worse because like Audrey immediately appears to be wise if not if not wise, ambitious beyond her years. True. And which is not an excuse. And uh Annie has just been in a convent for I guess is what they gesture at trying to take her own life. And 
makes some really weird comments about that when Cooper notices and then she notices that he notices. And it's like, I don't have any thoughts beyond that other than like, I think the handling of it is really yeah weird. I don't sure. fully know how it plays in the power dynamic. I don't have any smart, socially conscious things to say about like, like depictions of people with past you know suicidal tendencies and media oh it's fucking weird i don't but like it's you know it's it's almost subtle though compared to like the way they've been talking about cooper's history with uh carolyn where it's just like they just kind of show a thing and Mm -hmm. then a line is said about it a line or two is said about it like that's better than like a superimposed or like a flashback to like let me tell you how i ended up in the convent like we don't need to know on the show at least knows that we don't need the whole picture yeah but it's still a weird establishing element no it's like weird and like romanticizing and like fetishistic and like solipsistic yeah like we don't get a storyline about like annie like struggling with like you know whether or not she wants to like participate in society or like be alive we get like cooper feeling sad about annie being sad at an earlier point yeah it's uh it's not perfect but it's it's not the worst it's not it's not let me look at this photo of the person i cheated with (laughs) in my wallet that i still have uh yeah so let's on the note of other weird things this episode we finally get a sense of or like something that's trying to address head on why is audrey helping her dad now and what's her dad done to deserve this if anything. I have been asking that question since Ben was reenacting the Civil War. Yeah. And so, post that, he's, like, supposed to be genuinely trying to turn a new leaf. The the save, the save Ghostwood thing, or Stop Ghostwood, sorry. Stop Ghostwood thing, clearly him being a heel still. Yeah. But, like, I guess the carrot eating... <laughs> Like, is that's, a re- what, that's what counts. It's a real thing, and he wants to tell the truth, and that's where we're getting this soap opera plotline with Donna from. Uh, and he wants to apologize for his ways. And Audrey just seems to be okay with this when it seemed like not too long ago she hated her dad more than anyone on the face of the earth. You know, that was like 15 episodes ago. That was like two weeks ago. A lot changes in like two to three weeks. Like Bobby completely got over. Two Laura. weeks ago, we used to. We used to. Now we have no Bobby, no James, <laughs> no, no hope, no cash. Um, but honestly, like this is fucking shitty. Like they give Audrey something to do, and that thing to do is completely off screen. Yeah, like we don't see. All we know is that Audrey's been hopping around different positions at the great northern but that was before she even got an apology from her dad before she even got to get in a sick burn well like when i was a kid maybe you weren't like a rapacious heel uh which is like a funny line but also just like yeah you writers finally realize that you forgot to address the fact that like before he went all general lee on us he was the second worst person in twin peaks behind a ghost man he owns a brothel that uh-huh. recruits underage um, 
underprivileged girls his, into sex work. His indirect death count is second only to Donna's. He's pretty bad. Pretty much. Pretty much. And what's up with one-eyed jacks? Well, like I said, Bobby's torching it right now. Bobby's torching it right now. Um, Bob, actually, Bobby's stripping out all the copper wiring from one-eyed jacks because that's where the real value is. Yeah, yeah. Ben's about to get hit um, by a lawsuit from all the blackjack dealers who haven't been paid in two weeks. Yeah, it was actually brothel aside a very above-board business. Yes, uh, and yes. Uh, you know, suddenly just like checks weren't checks weren't deposited. Exactly. <laughs> um because ben was busy reenacting the civil war yeah and now he's busy eating carrots and we've completely and forgotten. hiding carrots in his jacket yes also though like there's this comment where where ben's like oh yeah like i he doesn't say he approves but he's like into the idea of like john and audrey together yeah john is john drops his truth advice and then follows up with a truth bomb of I'm into your daughter. Yeah. And Ben's just like, Ben just kind of rolls with it and like seems vaguely happy about it. But like, we don't even get like a real line about it. It's just like, okay. Yeah. But also, Audrey should not want to be with anyone her father approves of. Yeah. Her father has really poor judgment and we've seen do, that. Do you know why Audrey should not want to be with anyone her father approves of? Tell me. Because she's 18. Ooh. No one wants, no one when they're 18 wants to be like, ah, cool. My, no, especially no one like remotely cool, which Audrey is like coolest of cool. Yeah. Wants to be like, oh, great. My parents approve of the person I like. Like, no, no. that's the last thing you want. Yeah. You want to be like sneaking out your window to meet that person every night. For sure. Cooper's that boy. Yeah. But, you know, John Wheeler is like... The Donna James appeal. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, actually, no, they invited James over for dinner. After a while. They invited James over for dinner and then purposely left the room so they could, like, get busy on the couch. That is correct. That is correct. That's gross. That's when you know that James is like, just send James packing to Mexico right then. Yeah. Like, my dad, who appears literally anywhere and everywhere at any given time, my magic doctor dad, purposely left the room so we could make out and stuff. No thank. No thank you. I'm I'm done with you. It's Splitsky. Just leave before I make you yeah. die indirectly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Donna rants. I have a question for you. Is it about the mazes? No. Okay. Is rum and tonic a thing? God, no. Okay, that sounded nasty to me. Rum only goes in tiki drinks. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. And I guess Coke if you're lame. Why would you just like offer a young woman rum? Wine? Gin and tonic? Yeah. Champagne? French 75 seems like Annie's kind of drink. Oof, yes. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah. Oh, man, though. <sighs> Champagne, lemon juice. Oh, I'm just, sorry. I just like, I said tiki drink, and I'm thinking about Twin Peaks, and I'm thinking, holy shit, I bet Jacoby knows how to make every fucking tiki drink. Yeah. I bet a party at Dr. Kobe's house, there's already probably like, there's probably like, you know, you probably get your invite like mailed to you and when you open the envelope there's like a tablet of e in there already yes <laughs> but then you arrive and it's just like 
cool. We got blotter paper over there. We've got like I'm just like making tiki drinks all night. Uh, like here's a fucking grab bag. Uh, hey, see those giant fucking quartz crystals on the table there? That those are party favors. Take one home with you <laughs> at the end of the night. It's also, a giant Molly Rock. It's just <laughs> it's just fucking Harry Belafonte on loop all night long. Uh, <laughs> a party at Dr. Jacoby's is the fucking place to be at Twin Peaks. Like 3 a.m. at night, there's like shit going on. There's owls flying like every which way Guys. inside the house. <laughs> it's like, like there's just like the man from another place just dancing in the corner. They like, bought out, you know, Shelly and Shelly and Bobby's party store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, the tropical aisle at the fucking at the fucking at uh, Shelly and Bobby's <laughs> at the Briggs and Johnson is like <laughs> fucking cleaned out. Why didn't we think of that before? It's definitely called Briggs and Johnson's party supplies. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's right next to uh, the place that Andy and Lucy open for uh, uh, DNA testing, <laughs> like like one hour DNA <laughs> testing. <laughs> Love it. You also do that while you're at the party. <laughs> Fucking a. You've seen Nathan for you, right? Uh, yeah, I think I've seen parts of it. Is this the episode where we talk about literally any TV show about Twin Peaks? Yes. Um, the episode where Nathan like wants to prove that he's fun to be with, so he wants to like measure this dude's like levels of serotonin while they're hanging out, <laughs> <laughs> like getting in the car, and he's just like. We should do something really random. You know, it'd be really random. Getting a blood test. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens at at Doctor Jacoby's. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. I bet you. I bet like. I bet like. Like. 2 a.m. Like before shit gets really strange. Like that's when you find out why he always wears the 3D glasses. Like yes. he te- he takes you aside and tells you that story, and you're like forever changed. That's real. All right. <laughs> Are we done talking about this episode? I have one more thing. Yeah. Give it. Wyndham Earl. His whole thing was chess. Now it's cards. Mixed metaphors. Perfect <laughs> metaphor for Wyndham Earl. Yeah. Yeah. Next is going to be fucking they, cribbage. <laughs> they were just like, the chess thing isn't working. Scrap it. Try again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wyndham Earl. He's... He's he's a bad man. Bad man. You know your villain's not that great. If in any scene he's in, in his secret lair, my eyes are on Leo Johnson and not him. What a waste of Eric DeRay. I mean, putting in work. Let's like let's like shout that out again. Putting in work being like there and in yes. those scenes and yes. giving it his all and like being like the Igor to this like low rent Dr. Frankenstein. Yes. But uh yeah. Not not super great. I need to find out what he did after Twin Peaks, but maybe we should say that for another episode. Should we discuss Usenet and production notes and things? I don't have any Usenet this week. Okay. Mostly cuz I didn't have time, not because it wasn't there. You're telling me you didn't browse Usenet while you're on the elliptical? No. That's next a real week. internet power user. Next week, I'll work that out. Okay. Um, this aired on April 4th, so this was the second episode after the extended and unplanned Twin Peaks hiatus. They're holding strong at 
9.2 million viewers. Fucking spectacular numbers these days, but yeah. yeah. So they're down a full three point. They're down from like 35 million. That's nuts. That's nuts to me that 35 million Nielsen households. Not like not even fucking Nielsen. Thirty-five million Nielsen households would have reported in watching a fucking David Lynch production on American television. That's nuts. The nineties, you know. We were, we were born at the wrong time. I know. Because now people can just feed themselves whatever garbage they want at any time. Like I know. Netflix is a blessing, but also Netflix gave Adam Sandler money to produce the ridiculous six. Terrible. So like it's Wrong not like choice. it's not like everyone's watching the good shit at all times now. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. People are watching people are just going home and they're watching vines for five hours after after work. And some of those vines are really good. Like the one like the one where it's uh take on me and the girl turns around and she's got like the weird face and the sunglasses. Like that's a great vine. Back at it at Krispy Kreme. Why you lying? That's a great yes. vine. Yes. Mm, oh my god. But <laughs> but like most of them are like real bad though. Yeah. They a time are. when thirty five million people tuned vine in to watch garbage. David Lynch's like god. fever dream that he like had while like on peyote with mark frost like yep. what yeah vine has just revealed the lowest common denominator of humor is racism well yeah i mean that's been has been a known element for a while but then like combine it with also people only have six second attention spans now uh yeah dark although people do really cool stuff with vine yeah and like using loop is like oh yeah the the medium mm-hmm you the gotta medium. use the medium if you want. The wanna... medium is the message. Exactly. <laughs> art. Art. So let's Welcome drink to some art talk. tomato juice. Okay, let's fucking back this up because this is an episode where David Lynch has the line as Gordon, massive, massive quantities in response to, do you want some pie? And Ben's chomping on carrots and producing them magically from within his jacket. And we decided to go with the tomato juice mentioned within Cooper's Hangover Cure. That was a that was a fucking send up. To- full, full ingredients on the Hangover Cure. Unstrained tomato juice, oysters, Canadian grits, biscuits, gravy. What are Canadian grits? Anchovies. I don't know. <laughs> so of that list, the only thing that I'm going to eat is tomato juice you could have gotten us some biscuits no fine fine if it was sunday we could have talked but it is why, Tuesday. Why, why not why sunday because i would have had more time oh okay yeah that's fair yeah i just ran to new seasons that's fair that's fair well let's wrap this up though i'm gonna make some baked mac and cheese after this Ugh. this is just an aperitif for uh you might have to open this you're opening it. Oh my god. I can't believe. I am who I am. Oh, I hope the listeners at home. This is a real damn fine food segment. You heard you heard also you know this tomato juice has not been tampered with. You heard the pop. <laughs> Oof, that glass clinking. How much tomato juice are you gonna drink? That's ambitious. Alright. That's about, you know, a fifth of a Bloody Mary's worth, so I don't feel this bad about that. This actually smells really good. 
Yeah, it, it's straddling the line between something I would quaff and tomato soup. Pretty, pretty We could have gotten right. soup, but you don't have a microwave. Hey, man, that's not my fault, okay? Like, like, look, a, a suggestion was floated, and I've just been letting that hang in the air, and no, no movement has been made. You got to get out. You got to make it happen. Ugh. not bad yeah it's not bad which is how you know this tomato juice can't actually be that good for you no it's good it's 100 percent juice no sugar added this is like this is a fancy brand it was on sale it says spicy with an exclamation point on the front which is super funny it's a really expensive juice brand okay <laughs> filtered water <laughs> but they did not pay for like savvy savvy package design they're not playing hard to get. <laughs> I just want you to know it's spicy. Filtered water. water. Hey, everyone. Our, our juice is spicy. Tomato paste, grain vinegar, vinegar, jalapeno puree, sea salt, lemon juice, vegetable juice, carrot, celery, spinach, lettuce, red beet. You can't taste that. Green uh, bell peppers. You can't taste that jalapeno puree. Though. No added sugar. There's that. There's gonna, that jalapeno heat in your throat. After. Yeah. That's why I chose the spicy because this is going to be Bloody Mary's. Not if I go back for seconds. No, I'm serious. This gets my damn fine food approval. Of all tomato juices, this is far exceeding my expectations. Right? I mean, I like Bloody Marys. They're not super my thing. It's like, it's like for me, nine times out of ten. I pro- okay, let's, let's be real. I've not had ten Bloody Marys in my entire life. What? Um, but, uh other ones i have had it's like here's all this effort like there's fucking celery stock and like shit everywhere all up in the drink and everything mm-hmm. like all this effort for something that tastes just like a chore to get through but it's so good but you can put like champagne and orange juice and you're like it's always good doesn't Mimosa. matter the quality of either <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a brunch thing yeah keep it simple is is how i feel about brunch Actually, that's not at all how I feel about brunch because eggs Benedict is like that's like premeditated. Uh, you got to make that hollandaise in advance. That hollandaise, hollandaise is a really big fixture of like vegan breakfast food in Portland. Vegan hollandaise? How? What the fuck's in that? I don't know. I've never had <laughs> regular qu- hollandaise, so I don't question it. <laughs> I just right. I just show up. I eat it. So. How do you feel? I feel good. This was the right choice. R.W. Knudsen. They're not sponsoring us. Not like Halls and Fentimans is, so <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't repeat their their name on the podcast. Well, some solid ass tomato juice currently on sale. This is the quality content you come to this Twin Peaks podcast for. <laughs> that and updates on what's uh, what's happening with TJ Miller's brain. <laughs> Um, I'll start off the where to find us, what we what what else we do this week. Um, I am, as you know, Matthew Olson. I can be found on Twitter. It's at Matthew Olson. Right now, I'm tweeting a lot about things that are happening at a college I no longer attend. So if you like that kind of hey. stuff, feel free to follow up. Um, I also do a show with my friend Caitlin Best called "Can You Get to That." 
It is a show where we do Wikipedia races. This week's topic will be Lego, something I know a lot about, and uh, I think it's a good one. Uh, also, Caitlin uh, had a cool article published on The Toast, which is a fine, reputable website. So I, I'm just going to plug that here. Why yeah, not? Yeah, plug go, it. Go read that article. It's about identity and also intersects with the... Uh, the occupation of federal lands by a militia in Burns, Oregon. So, oh shit, interesting stuff. But uh, and, and that then, is and by, then when you're done, by Caitlin Best. By Caitlin Best. And then when you're done listening to that, listen to Caitlin and I talk about Denmark and how they make Lego bricks. Oh it, shit! And where they make Lego bricks? Can you guess? Can you guess where they make Lego bricks? Cambodia. Wait, all right. I want you to guess for me. This is a teaser for the episode. Okay. What's what's Lego arguably on like a technicality the number one producer in the world of? When you hear the answer, you'll be like, I can't believe I didn't get it. Plastic? No. Should I tell the answer here or should I just make people go? Listen you to should it? make people go, but okay, you should I'll tell, tell you after me. the podcast. Okay. Yeah, right. I, I don't know shit now about plug your shit. My shit. You sounded like Scott Ackerman there. Um, hey, now, man. Hey. Um, I am on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. Been tweeting a lot about Bernie Sanders. So hope you're into that. If you're not, you got to wait out this election cycle. Yeah, which will end long after this podcast ends. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe they're coming back for season three. Buff, buff. Under <laughs> under the purview of President Bernie Sanders. Okay, I see. Um, I do a couple of other podcasts. Um, yeah, I've seen that. Sandra and I are going to be talking about Carol, the Revenant, Room, the physicality of the cinema. Oh, uh, you're doing Oscars talk. Yes. Okay. Um, and then the K-Hole, you can listen to the episodes that are up. Maybe there'll be more. If you want to hear more, you should tweet at Taylor. <laughs> what's, what's Taylor's Twitter handle? Tay underscore grand? No, Tay, Tay grand. Just Tay grand. Tay underscore grand Can't is her on Instagram, your... so. Can't believe we're putting your co-host on blast on a different show. She listens to this, maybe. Is this a message? <laughs> I can't be part of this. I have no part of this. I did not encourage Ashley to do this. I actually kind of did by saying, what's her Twitter? Fuck. Sorry, Taylor. Um, or just like tweet at the Kardashians. Tell them you love our, love to our, tell the Kardashians our podcast. To calm down because part of the reason why it's so bad that there's not a K-hole out is because so much stuff is happening. So much shit is happening. I have so much to talk about. I was really looking forward to hearing like four hours of you two trying to like untangle like God. your different alliances and like the broader social implications of the shit that's been happening and I like know. who should feel bad about what and why and who should feel empowered and I need that. I need that content in my ears. I know. An easy rule to remember always team Amber Rose. And um with that don't forget to brush your teeth, Harriet. <laughs>